0: hey friends we hope this message from c3 fort worth helps you see jesus like never before and if you're in or around fort worth we'd love to meet you on a sunday or at one of our weekly dinner parties hey guys pastor mayor here hello it is so good to be here with you all it is my first time to preach online like this this is fun and it's mother's day happy mother's day Gosh, happy Mother's Day to my mama and Mama Cole. Uh, Yes, I know, I get to be the one saying a special shout-out to my mom because I'm the one here preaching today. So happy Mother's Day. We love you so, so much. But hey, we've been in a series called Wind and Waves. It is one of my most favorite series. Uh, I I love it so much because it speaks to such a time as this that we're in. Come on, we're in some of um, the weirdest times I would say that I've ever been in. And, and so, um, you know, life will always have it, its ups and downs. Um, and so that's what I love about the wind and the waves series. Um, but you know what? We will always have a, one constant in our lives, and his name is Jesus. And when Jesus shows up, peace shows up. That's a line from our very own pastor, Brandon Cole. And I just have to say, I have to give a shout out to him. And I know that if we were all in one room together right now, that we would be, I would make you stand to your feet giving him the biggest applause that he's ever seen because babe, we love you. I want to honor you. I thank you for the countless hours and the amount of time that you have spent. Um, praying into this season for us and for our church and our community. Uh, there's nobody like you, baby. We honor you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. You know, head over to the chat room and just show uh, Pastor Brandon some love there. Maybe text him right now and show him some love. I know he's gonna just love me for having you do this, but just take a moment and do that. Would you come on? When peace, when Jesus shows up, peace shows up. I love you, babe. Hey, I had a word um, when we first moved to the city of Fort Worth that I shared with our women and I just felt like it was time to share it again. I kind of put some extra meat in it this time, so if you've heard it before, it's going to have a little extra in it, um, but but the, the message was called Through It All and it came out of a season where we um, personally, Bren and I, had been through some stuff. And we had just moved the church to Fort Worth, so through it all. And I just think it's a perfect word for right now. And I want to start with the scripture, scripture out of Hebrews. Hebrews 10, 35 through 39 says, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it has a glorious and a great reward. For you have need of patient endurance. Come on. For you have need of patient endurance to bear up under difficult circumstances without compromising, so that when you have carried out the will of God, you may receive and enjoy the full of what has been promised. For yet in a little while he who is coming will come, and he will not delay. But my righteous one, the one justified by faith, shall live by faith respecting man's relationship to God and trusting him that if he draws back, come on, if he shrinks back in fear, my soul has no delight in him. But our way is not the way of those who shrink back to destruction, but we are one who believe that we rely on God through the faith in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and by this confident faith, we persevere. Amen. Amen. What a scripture. I want to pray this morning as we get into the word. Can I do that? Well, Father God, I thank you right now uh, that we have a moment right now to spend and dig into your word. Father, I pray that your words would begin to lift off the pages. Father, would you uh, begin to teach us who you are and who, what you have for us, Lord. I pray that this moment is a beautiful moment that we'll never forget. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, hey, I remember back in January, um, my three-year-old had started to get a cold that he had had for days, so I decided to take him to the doctor. We took him to the doctor, and the doctor said, you know what, bring him back a week in a week, and I just want to check up on him. Well, a week went by, and he wasn't better. And when I showed up that time, I remember showing up to the front counter, and there were these signs on the front window, and it said, have you traveled outside of the U.S.? Um, and if you have, please tell us. And, of course, you go to sign in, and they say, Ma'am, I need to ask you, have you traveled outside the United States? And I and I just kind of chuckled because I kind of knew what was going on. I said, No, we haven't traveled. No, we haven't been to China. Ha, ha, ha. And he laughed with me. And you remember, this is January. And so we laughed, and he was like, Good, good, good. We'll get you back there soon. And, and uh, shockingly enough, we had gone in a couple of days in a row, just because Grayson wasn't getting better and so but at this point point, um, the doctor had found that he had an incarcerated hernia that was a surprise that was a massive shock to both Brandon and I and everyone around we were supposed to travel to San Diego that day it was my birthday I mean there were surprises all around surprise your trips being canceled surprise your son has a hernia you need to go to the ER and um, and that that moment right there caught us by surprise. So a month goes by, we have the surgery, everything is wonderful, thank you for your prayers. Um, but that day, that week I believe, we got home and we found out, we were watching um, the NBA, I think it was some basketball game, and all of a sudden news came in that they were shutting down the game. And I just remember the shock in that moment of... The NBA is closing down, and all of a sudden, you know, COVID is something that you're hearing about, like, rapidly through the news. And I remember, an ear. now I'm no big sports fan, do not get me wrong, but for the NBA to close its doors kind of caught me off guard. So I stopped, Brennan and I looked at each other, we just had this feeling, you know, that gut feeling of, oh my gosh, this is bigger than what we thought it was. This is a huge surprise. And if you know anything about me, you know that I can't stand surprises. I actually, I actually hate surprises. I hate telling you that I hate surprises because I think some of you are going to actually try to surprise me. <laughs> I hate surprises. It's become a thing every Christmas where we try and and I try about two weeks out from Christmas. I just kind of sneak around and try and figure out what is under the tree for me. I know, I know you shouldn't do that. Blah, blah, blah. I've heard it all. It's not going to stop me, people. I'm going to keep doing it. But I hate surprises. And what I find funny is that God is always trying to surprise me in my journey. How many of you can relate? He is always trying to surprise me. And I think it's his way of teaching me that you may have control, Meredith, but I'm going to have my way. I know half of you are laughing right now because you can so relate, especially the women in the house. <laughs> But I think it's great that Peter actually says, friends, your faith is going to be tested. And it's going to be tested like you're going through fire, like it's going through fire, like it's being refined. And he says, don't be surprised at this. And I look at that scripture and I think, cool. Thanks, Peter. Thank you for that. Now, if you could just tell me about when I'm going to be surprised, that would be great. No, we can't do that. But we actually have to consider. We need to consider that we will encounter storms that we will experience trials, that we will have surprises that are outside of our control, yet it's in the midst of all of it, all of them, uh, that matters. What are we going to do in the midst of all of them, right? I want to draw our attention to Acts 27, where we see Paul, he is preaching, he is telling people about the good news of Jesus. Some people are believing it, some people aren't. But because of it, Paul has been arrested and he's been uh, thrown as a prisoner on this massive, massive ship headed to Rome. And, And as he, right before he goes out, the Lord shows up to him and he says, Paul, I want you to take courage. And I think it's so interesting that he says it in that moment right there because he's already a prisoner and yet God shows up. And the Greek word here is what I thought was interesting is tharseo which means take courage, be of good cheer. Come on, that's something we can grab hold of, that God shows up right before Paul gets on board this massive ship with 300 men, and he says, I want you to take, take courage and be of good cheer. I bet Paul is just like, how in the world am I supposed to do that, Lord? But the one thing I, wanted, I want to make mention is that in times of crisis, And in times of great need, our God will show up. His very name speaks to that nature. His name, Emmanuel, God is with us. His name also, El Roy, Roy, I believe is how you pronounce it, the God who sees. We have a God who sees us. We have a God who is with us. And he showed up right here. We see it in Paul's life. He shows up and he says, be of good cheer. Take courage. I am with you. It's a beautiful Beautiful picture of our God. So, what does courage mean? It means to have a boldness and a confidence in our journey. When God commands us to take courage, He is always commanding us against fear. Being bold means being willing to take risks. Amen. Being confident is having a firm trust in our God. To take courage is to have faith that is fully aware. And fully trusting of the risk ahead. Amen. So fear literally paralyzes us. Have you ever had that moment where fear has paralyzed you? I have a fear of escalators. If you ever go shopping with me, or you know the Texas Ranger Stadium that just got torn down, if you've ever been on those escalators, maybe in an airport, man, airports are the worst. Where you're on an escalator, and it—I just, just feel like they just go so high and they're moving so fast. I literally, I have to stop and I have to count for three seconds before I step on an escalator. It is a real fear, people. But fear paralyzes us. And I—I I believe the one thing I guess that I noticed about the escalator is that it doesn't stop moving, and just—just just like that life doesn't stop moving, right? Life doesn't stop moving. And the question is, are we going to allow the fear to keep us from moving forward, or or will we take courage knowing that God is with you? Let me ask that question again. Are we going to allow fear to keep us from moving forward, or will we take courage knowing that God is with us? See, God isn't looking for strong people. He's looking for people to rely on his strength. But over and over, Paul was commanded to take courage. And he's telling Paul, you've got work to do. You need a boldness in you. You need a courage in you that's like none other. You need to know that I am with you. And so he goes on in Acts 27, 13 through 26. And it's in my Bible labeled the storm. And here's how it starts in verse 14, 13, when a gentle, that's how it always starts. It's like a gentle storm. South wind began to blow. They saw their opportunity. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore before very long, a wind of hurricane force. Don't you just love that It before very long? Like it just happened out of nowhere a storm of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. We passed to the lee of a small island called Crowda, and we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So the men hoisted aboard. They passed ropes under the ship to hold it together. I love that you need a friend with you to keep yourself stable. So they passed the ropes under it to hold itself together because they were afraid that they would run aground uh, the sandbars of Syrtes. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. They began to throw cargo overboard. See, in the middle of the storm, what are you needing to get rid of to stay safe? And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard. With their own hands, and when neither, nor, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, the storm continued raging, and we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Ugh. After they had gone a long time without food, man, the most dangerous place to be is, is when we make a rash decision in the midst of a season of doubt, Right? When we're under pressure, we become impulsive. We give up on dreams. We walk out of relationships. We believe every offense and negative thing. We get highly critical. We throw out our values. We stop eating. We make a crazy, rash decision in the midst of a season of doubt. We become to get. We begin to get impulsive. It's the most dangerous place to be. But here is Paul's moment. Paul stood up before the men. He said, "Men, you should have taken my advice not to." Sh- not to sell from Crete, then you would have spared yourself the damage and the loss. He says, but now I urge you to keep up courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. He said, last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sell with you. So keep your courage, men. I love that. For I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. And so further on we read. Scripture is so good. I have to read the last part of this is the shipwreck. It said, on the 14th night, we were all still being driven across the sea. When about midnight, the sailors sensed that they were approaching land. They took the surroundings and found the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took surroundings again and found that it was only 90 feet deep. Fearing that they would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from stern and prayed for daylight. And I've heard... That when supply ships are out in the ocean, out at sea, and they encounter a storm, the thing that they do is they get as close as they can to land, and they drop anchors so that they secure themselves against the wind and the waves. So, what are we going to do when the wind and the waves come crashing into our lives, and the challenges start to creep in? What will we cling to? The Bible says that those who put their trust in the Lord are immovable. That's Psalms 125.1. See, situations can change. Stuff can happen. But our faith has to be anchored to the one true God, the one who is all, the one who sees all. Amen? So just as the ship crew put their four anchors down to help stabilize them, I believe we need to do the same thing. Here are four things that I believe that we can cling to when trials come our way, the anchors that we can begin to throw out when trials come our way. The first one is the presence of God. The presence of God brings peace and protection. Isaiah 43, 1-2 says this, But now the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. <clears throat> when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. You will not. And when you walk through fire, you will not be burned. For the flames will not set you ablaze. See, the presence of God is our secret to survival. When God is with us, who can stand against us? When the spirit, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. See, he is our supernatural weapon. His love pours over us, and he is our great comforter. Paul actually says that he is our great hope. He is an anchor for our soul. Come on, y'all. That is good news. And the second point here that I want to talk about is the purpose of God. We were created for a reason God has created each one of us with great intention. He knows exactly what he was doing when he created you. In verse 27, 24, what we just read, Paul was given all the lives on the boat because he was saved, so were the ones who were with him. See, your purpose isn't just about you. Can you just say that? It's not all about me. See, God designed you to bring life to others. Let's not be so nearsighted so focused on ourselves that we miss what God might be up to and what he might be doing through us. Your purpose is not just about you. It's for others. And the third anchor I want to talk about is praise. Let praise be our perspective. Psalm said, may the praise of God be in their mouths and it be like a double-edged sword in their hands. See, the Bible actually talks about praise as the most often tool being used to defeat defeat the enemy in the battle. See, praise actually carries a supernatural ability to invade and change your circumstance. I'm getting fired up. I don't know about you, but there's something that begins to shift when we begin to praise, when we begin to lift our perspective off of ourselves onto the Lord. Why? Because praise elevates our perspective, allowing us to see God's provision. I lift my eyes up to the heaven where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. See right then and there, it already makes something lift off of my spirit. Praise is not a formula. It's authentic, it's real, it's intentional. Lifting our eyes to the one who is all, amen. And the last point I wanna make is number four, the promises of God. See, there's a promise over your life. Storms cannot hide us from God. He is always with us. You may lose your cargo. You may lose your tackle. You may forget to eat some days. You may even get a little wet, but you're going to make it. If you take courage, come on church, let's be a bold, let's just be bold and confident in this season. Let's choose faith over fear. And let's remember who is with us through it all. Morning will come. God is with you. He will not fail you. He is not finished. Amen? Amen. Man, God is so good. I want to pray over us this morning. Father, I thank you right now. Come on, begin to lift your hands. Believe that God can do something, even right now in your own living room, wherever you are. Father, I thank you that you're doing a new thing. I thank you, God, for a fresh Peace coming on every single person right now. Father, would you pour out such a blessing? Father, bring boldness to those who need to be bold right now. Bring courage to those who need to be confident and trust in you right now. Father, I thank you that we need to rely on you as our source. Father, through the storms of life, through the trials of life. Father, that we can trust on you. We can lean on you because you're a good, good father. And you come beside us and you say, take courage, be of good cheer. Father, I pray that those right now who need to feel your Holy Spirit would feel it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, and if you decided today that you want to know this God, or maybe you decided I want to follow this God that she is talking about We want to know about it, so there is a button on your screen. If you'll click that button and say, I think it says, I decided. If you'll click that, we want to connect with you. We are so proud of you. We want to do life with you. Uh, We can't wait to meet you in person. But let me pray over you. Father, I thank you right now for those who've decided. Maybe it's a recommitment of their life to you. But either way, it's a commitment today to stand with you forever. Father, I thank you that you're going to show them the goodness of who you are, that as they lay their life down for you, that you're going to cover them and protect them all the days of their life. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful and precious person right now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, church. I love you. I'll see you soon.